0: This episode of Happy Marks the Spot is brought to you by Adashiko Collagen, a high-grade Japanese peptide collagen powder known as Super Collagen, owned and operated locally in the Hawke's Bay. With an influx from the east, the collagen wave has truly taken New Zealand by storm. Adashiko leads the way in offering New Zealand customers and beyond a premium collagen product. Being an exceptional collagen powder, Adashiko's products have been formulated for them by their Japanese pharmaceutical company. It's a more considered and closed-loop process. For a 10% discount, enter Simone10 at checkout and read their glowing reviews on adashiko.com. There's collagen and then there's adashiko. I am your host, Simone Anderson. Happy Marks the Spot is full of honest chats with awe-inspiring guests that I chat to about how to navigate through the journey of life, the highs, the lows and everything in between, unlocking inner happiness in each and every day. Every now and then, or simply when one can. Antonia Preble has been involved in acting almost her entire life, since her debut role in the show Mirror Mirror as a 12-year-old back in 1997. She's been a constant presence on stage and on screen on some of New Zealand's most well-known productions. Antonia's resume is vast, from the tribe and the Power Rangers, to pork pie and outrageous fortune, She has forged a reputation as someone able to play complex roles requiring intensity and humour, while always making her characters extremely likeable. Her talent has been recognised in many ways around the world, including winning Best Actress at New Zealand TV Awards last year for her portrayal of Rita West in Westside. Antonia is someone who has always been in the public eye since a young age, growing up in the fishbowl of New Zealand while also managing to keep her feet firmly on the ground. Honestly, the list in front of me just goes on and on and on. I'm just gonna read it all, but you are just so incredibly talented and I'm just so honoured to be able to speak with you today.
1: Oh, thank you, that's (laughs) a lovely introduction. It's wonderful to meet you and speak with you as well.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I really wanted to know how you first got into acting. Is this something that you'd always really wanted to do? It actually is,
1: yeah. So from my earliest memories, from when I was three years old, I just knew I wanted to be an actress. And I can't really even explain why or how that was because I don't come from a performing family and I didn't really have any role models in that way to look up to. But I just loved performing. It was an, an innate thing. So every time I had an opportunity to perform, whether that was in my sister's school talent quest <laughs> when I was three and she was five, and I'd just jump on the stage and get involved with whatever she was doing, I just loved it and just had this somehow this deep inner knowing that that's what I was going to do with my life. And it stayed with me. Apart from brief dalliances with wanting to be a checkout operator. Oh! Because I <laughs> loved pushing the buttons.
0: <laughs> Otherwise it was only ever an actress. So you were that three-year-old performing for your family at every occasion that you could? All the time. All the time. Yeah, just
1: <laughs> wanted to do it all. I had sort of unbridled confidence really and always, you know, wanted to be like the magician's assistant. <laughs> Whenever like, we were on the ferry or if they came to a classroom, I was just really keen to get involved with anything in front of an audience and anything vaguely related to performance. We
0: have one of those in our family and that is Maddie. And from the age of, I would say, probably just one and a half, every family event she's been performing to us and wow. she's gone on <laughs> to just smash, you know, every sort of talent show through school. And I love it. I and love, she still, she still she, loves it? Oh, she yeah. still loves it. She won the rap battle this year. It's, you know, in a Full school of boys. She was up there on stage and she took out that title. Good on so it. So cool. That's great. So much That's confidence. a very cool title to, to have, I think. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, I'm yeah. proud of you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, if anyone, did you aspire to be?
1: As a kid, I wrote a letter to Christina Rickey <laughs> because she was um, you know Wednesday Adams and a Now and Then all those sorts of movies and I thought she was great and I remember it's the only letter I've ever written to anyone famous I actually don't know if I ever sent it but I remember sitting down really seriously going dear Christina I really want to be an actress and you're an amazing actress and do you have any advice for me so yeah she So I'm guessing you didn't get a response back?
0: <laughs> no I definitely no. didn't get a
1: response <laughs> but it may have been my fault because I probably didn't send it but um, I remember thinking she was pretty wonderful and just a few years older than me and and doing what I wanted to do. So yeah, as a kid, I'd say she was the one I was looking up to.
0: (laughs) Great role model. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that people would look at your life and just assume that you are happy all of the time. Uh, Yeah,
1: gosh, I guess so. Um, Yeah, well, it's not true. I mean, None of us are. It's actually impossible for a human being to remain in a state of happiness the whole time because you'd explode, I think. You have to have different emotions within a day. It's how that's healthy, right? Well, 100%. It's, yeah. it's literally how we're put together and how our chemical makeup is constructed. And I, yeah, I, I guess it is very easy to look at someone's life and go, oh, wow, they're smashing it on all levels. They must be happy all the time. But I, I can say this without a doubt, it's 100% never the case.
0: Totally. And I think yeah. with anyone in any position in life, we all go through those emotions. But it's yeah. when I guess you're seeing just that highlight reel of people's lives. You've got to remind yourself that there is that... Dirt digging and that digging deep and that, you know, dealing with every emotion under the sun. Mm -hmm. And that's totally normal and natural too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's such an important point to make that it's unnatural if you feel happy all the time. But often if we look to other people who seem like they've just got it all and a in this joy-filled state all the time, it can make you feel even worse about not being happy all the time because you feel like you're missing out on something or you're a weirdo or not doing
0: well in your life. Yes, yeah, so your life's not living up to what you think it should, whereas yeah. in reality, it, you're actually, you're hitting all the right points and you are doing what you're meant to be doing. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, everyone is just on their own path and everyone has fluctuating emotions within their day, within their week, within their month. And just because someone is achieving a a certain amount of success in whatever realm of life you're talking about, it often comes with just as big a stressors as well. I think that's been my experience anyway. You know, the higher the stakes get in whatever you're involved with, you know, the higher the highs, the lower the lows, I think.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah. Talking about highs of highs, how did outrageous come about?
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting story, actually. So, well, in relation to it, happiness, it came at quite an interesting point, um because my experience of being an actress as a kid was pretty much going along to an audition and getting the part.
0: Oh, wow, because
1: there aren't many kid actors in New Zealand, so the pool was pretty small. <laughs> so I started at twelve, and from basically twelve to eighteen, I had I was pretty successful in terms of my strike rate with auditions that I would go to. And then all of a sudden, when I, turned about 18, 19, I was all of a sudden in this pool of young adult actors, people had been to drama school, and it was a completely different pool that I was part of now. And I stopped getting work. And I found that really, really challenging. And I just remember thinking this one specific evening, I was lying in bed, 18, 19 years old, and feeling so scared about my life and just going, Oh my gosh, acting. at A chain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's it sounds, you know, kind of dramatic now. <laughs> but it really was real at the time and just I think was thinking, oh man, acting's the only thing that I love to do and I'm not able to do it. Am I going to be one of those actors that just had a career when they were kids and now I'm going to have to do something else? And I remember feeling, yeah, quite fearful about how my life was going to unfold and would I be happy? Because acting was the only thing that made me happy in terms of
0: following a career. So it really gave you that joy and that spark. It
1: really did. And it felt right that I would pursue this career, but it wasn't happening for me, so what was I going to do? So at that point... When I was 18, I – no, this was actually probably when I was about 20, actually. I think when I was 18, I started not getting the work. <laughs> when I was 20, I was kind of like, oh, gosh, okay, what are we going to do? But I started focusing on changing that attitude, and I actually wrote myself a mantra which I said 20 times a day, which was all about being open to opportunities that are around me and I'm in the flow of my life and I'm available to whatever is out there. If there is something for me, then I'm in a position to accept it, basically. That was the gist of the mantra.
0: I absolutely love this because throughout my weight loss journey, I did the exact same thing. Yeah, I called it my morning mantra and I would switch it up depending on what I wanted to focus on. And it meant that I was so much more open to so many more opportunities in my life. And I just became free and open to actually see these opportunities and take them for what they were. And it changed my outlook and perspective on so many aspects.
1: It's so cool. Did you feel before the mantra or before you decided to switch it up like this that you, because I felt like I could almost sense that I had
0: energetically shut myself off. A hundred percent. And you would only feel capable of what you felt able to achieve in your own little box. And that's all you would allow in. And from that, you would actually push opportunities away because they didn't feel like you could actually achieve them or get them Mm -hmm. or get near them or put them in your life.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that that phrase, energy flows where attention goes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Meaning whatever you put your mind to consciously and consistently is what you encourage to happen in your life. So anyway, I started doing this mantra and I did really feel... Like things were shifting, again, energetically, nothing actually, (laughs) tangibly in in reality. But maybe three months after I'd started doing this mantra, which had come off the back of a couple of years of feeling pretty down in the dumps and unsure and uncertain about what my future was going to entail, I got an audition for Outrageous.
0: Whoa! Yeah.
1: And... Interestingly, the first audition was for Pascal, which you know, the older sister character was.
0: I can't imagine that.
1: Oh, yeah, I know because it made sense at the time because I was twenty and the character of Pascal was twenty. Yeah. Whereas Loretta character was fifteen and so you know a lot younger than I was. But yeah, I did a terrible audition. I was. I'm sure you uh, didn't. Well, I'm. Oh gosh, I it felt really bad when I was doing it. Um, but luckily, they must have seen something in me that reminded them more of the scheming wench. Yeah. <laughs> that,
0: i <laughs> Loretta that was. Underlying characteristic <laughs> you yeah, must have. They're
1: like, oh, she's pretending to be lovely, but really, we see what's going on. So they called me back for Loretta, and I did an audition for that, and then yeah, got the part. So smashed
0: it out of the park. So yes, yeah, cool. that scheming <laughs> wench
1: just came out um, very easily. Yeah, so it was, and I was obviously thrilled with that, but the timing was pretty interesting. So literally about three months after I'd really focused on changing my attitude, changing my. F- approach to life, which was all about going from feeling a bit scared and uncertain to being open and available. This amazing opportunity that has totally changed my life came along.
0: Yeah. Do you think going forward that has actually made you sort of realise how powerful those thoughts are in every aspect of your life?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel very fortunate that I've been exposed to meditation most of my life because my mum has always been into it. So, you know, saying mantras and meditating and just, you know, being still and focusing on what you want all come in a similar package, really. So I feel really fortunate that I've been able to have that as a pretty intrinsic part of my identity, actually, for most of my life. But yeah, it never really ceases to amaze me how much it helps you know talking about
0: happiness for me meditation's a game changer yeah i would love to know how you meditate because i think so many people find the idea of it really intimidating yeah totally i know what you mean
1: there was this a great quote that i heard about meditating was um similar to doing like a tricep <laughs> exercise <laughs> so the point is not to still your mind but the point is to every time you notice that your mind has wandered is to bring it back to whatever the focus of your meditation is. And every time you're doing that, it's like doing a tricep dip or something. So you're strengthening this muscle of your brain to bring it back to being centered to what you want to focus on as opposed to I need to empty my mind and have no thoughts because I think that's the thing that puts people off because they go, I tried meditating, I can't do it. All I was
0: thinking about was the weather. Well, (laughs) you do though. If you try and clear your mind you have more thoughts that start entering and filling it and you just don't feel at ease. Whereas I like the idea and the approach that you have. Yeah,
1: that's right. So the point of it is a training exercise to be aware of your thoughts and to bring them back to what you want them to be. And you might have to do that once every five seconds. Yeah. (laughs) But again, that's a successful meditation session because you're practicing in this very specific way. So I do lots of different things depending on what I really feel like. Sometimes I just sit in total silence with my eyes closed and focus on my breathing. That's sort of the most basic one and incredibly effective. Sometimes I play some music, meditation music, and um, either listen to the sounds of the song or connect to my other senses. Sometimes I'll have a mantra going in my head and other times I'll follow a guided meditation. So it just, I think there's no real right or wrong way to do it as long as the focus remains trying to train your brain as opposed to I must have zero thoughts because that's a surefire way to fail. Yes. <laughs> or to feel, sorry, to feel like you're failing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're so right. What meditation is to one person is not going to be the same to someone else. Absolutely. I mean, my little happy place and where I go is out in my garden with my dog on my lap. And that oh, is nice. where I just recenter. And again, just take time to try and slow my thoughts down. But it's not the same every day. And where I am, it changes and yeah. what I want to do changes. So I think that's really important to remember.
1: Yeah. And it's so easy to get put off doing something,
0: if you feel like you're not good at it, I'm definitely like that. I hate doing things that I'm not good at. <laughs> it's a little bit of human nature though, isn't it? You yes. sort of, I mean, for me, even at the gym, if I try something that I'm not good at, instantly I'm like, oh, well, I'll go to the exercises I'm good at. It's like, not the point. No, we need to try and improve those ones that we are not good at. Exactly. Yeah. So I think with
1: meditation, it's reframing and there's no such thing as not being good at it. It's just all practicing, working this muscle of conscious awareness. And the most important thing, thing is doing it consistently even for five minutes a day if you can do five minutes a day it's change your life I think
0: <laughs> here is a quick message from our sponsor Adashiko Adashiko offers a super versatile formula that is truly tasteless and odorless easily dissolved into hot and cold beverages can be baked with and mixed into food so smoothies porridge added to broth taken with water or added into your morning coffee the formula doesn't degrade in heat so that's a real bonus With a holistic approach to health and beauty, the benefits of ingesting collagen range from gut health repair, rebuilding of joint tissue, relief of eczema, dermatitis, psoriasis symptoms, acne and scarring, reduced appearance of cellulite, fine lines and wrinkles, plumps and firms the skin for a more youthful appearance, assists healthy and rapid hair growth for shiny thick hair, as well as glossy strong nails, plus a host of other amazing benefits. For a 10% discount, enter TEN at checkout. Read our glowing reviews on adashiko.com. When we watch actors on screen, we are seeing the final product. We see a blooper reel, I guess, every now and again, but we don't ever really see how hard it can be. So how hard can it be to get it right? And what is this process like?
1: Yeah, um, it can be really hard to get it right because you're contending with a lot of elements. Uh, first and foremost, it's always a really tight schedule, <laughs> so you don't
0: time have... Is not in your favor. Time is not in your favour. Time is
1: not in your favour. I mean, we film on Westside between eight and nine minutes a day of TV time, meaning... We film for 10 hours a day, but out of that nine minutes, will go on TV. Are you serious?
0: Is that what it equates to? That's what
1: it equates to, which sounds like it's not a lot, but it's considered very, very fast. So you don't have a lot of time to practice things, to try different things out. You really have to come with quite a clear idea and then just try to nail it yeah. <laughs> in one or two takes. Um, and then the weather can be really difficult. I find that quite challenging. Either really, really hot and you're wearing... Clothes that are made for winter or it's freezing, but you're trying to pretend and it's here in the summer. Rig- yeah. So <laughs> you're wearing nothing. And I get quite affected by my temperature. So that's quite a difficult thing to navigate. And then just lots of other human distractions. You might just be feeling really tired or you might be unwell or something might be going on in your personal life that is affecting your headspace. There are so
0: many things. Yeah, do you find that hard to put something that's going on in your personal life aside to focus on the job? I mean, I yes, sometimes. If it's something
1: pretty intense that's going on, then it can be quite difficult to put it out of your mind completely. I think I'm... I'm relatively well practiced at it, and I'm definitely of the opinion that you leave your personal life at the door when you go to work because there's just not a lot of room for it. Um, just have to get on with it. But yeah, sometimes it can be hard, and and also sometimes you just don't want to be looked at. You know, sometimes I just feel like oh, I'm feeling really sort of self conscious today, or um, I just don't feel like having a camera. Close up on my face.
0: But <laughs> very confronting, isn't it? Some of those camera yeah. angles that you get to deal with. And 50 people
1: looking at you with an expectation that you're you know, going to get this right and this is going to go on TV. It can be really hard. And then I think there's something really helpful and just knowing you have to do it anyway.
0: (laughs) That's very true. I mean, for us in a day-to-day life, like we make mistakes and you might be making a mistake on an email or in your work office and it's to one or two people. But for you, you're making these mistakes in front of a large group of people, cast and crew. Does that make it more stressful or is that sort of just part of the job now?
1: Um, I think both. And again, it depends on the day. Sometimes if I'm feeling in a really, you know, confident relaxed state of mind I don't mind if I you know make a few mistakes and can sort of laugh along with it and it, the cast and crew are always super supportive so all of this stuff oh, that only must be lovely super super nice so it's only just you know our own internal um struggles Which that we create all the problem. Battle with
0: right we all those expectations we put on ourselves as well yeah
1: we totally do so yeah some days I'm um, fine with it and then other days if I'm feeling a bit stressed or tense or anxious for whatever reason then yeah, it does feel like the stakes are higher. And if you keep making the same mistake, for example, it can feel quite stressful. And again, I think there is, it's kind of great that you just have to do it anyway. There's no real way out because there's a lot of wisdom, I think, in when you are finding something difficult but have to do it anyway and manage to navigate it, your system goes, oh, okay, I can do this. It's not as scary as I thought. Whereas if you have the opportunity to run away from something when it's hard, you never get to learn that lesson.
0: Oh, that feeling of success after doing something that does push you outside of your comfort zone, nothing compares to it. I remember it was one of my very first speaking events, and it was to a 1,000 women. whoa. One of my very first speaking events. That's and huge. I was packing myself, shaking. <laughs> I wanted to cry. My, I couldn't hold my paper. I had to put it up on the podium. But afterwards, and when I got into the flow of it, I stood off that stage and I thought, I didn't do as badly as I thought. And I enjoyed it. and that, Actually enjoyed it. I genuinely yeah. enjoyed it. And that feeling right there was so empowering for me. And I take that feeling going forward to everything I put myself. I, I can do that, speak to a room of a thousand women and actually come out of it and have enjoyed the experience then pretty much I can tackle anything else. Good on you.
1: Yeah, and if that was a real fear for you oh, and you just
0: massive. put
1: yourself in that position where you couldn't back out.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> once I'd stood on that stage, there was no going back.
1: Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? And the sort of fake it till you make it. That's again, the adage that it has to come down oh, to. 100%. And yeah, and I think like a lot of people are faking it till they make it all the time. And from the outside, we can look at them and go, oh no, they're genuinely okay with this. But they've actually just learned to behave in a way that suggests they are. That doesn't reveal how nervous they are or, you know, doesn't reveal a, a lack of confidence because they've learned to speak slowly, move slowly, talk with <laughs> assurance. And... I think it's nice to be reminded of that. A lot of people never, ever feel ready to do something, but they just force themselves to do it. Yeah. And I think, again, there's a, there's a lot of wisdom in that.
0: <laughs> Before you got into acting, what were your expectations of the career? What did you envision a day in the life of an actor to be like?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I think I probably thought it was a lot more glamorous.
0: Yeah, <laughs> That it actually is. More time in the hair and makeup chair.
1: Yeah, or maybe just less, a little bit later in the day yeah. in the makeup chair. <laughs> I don't think I'd quite realise that you have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning a lot. And actually that an hour and 15 in makeup sounds kind of glamorous, but when you do it every day after day, day, it can get pretty tiring, particularly when you have to wake up at 5 in the
0: morning. Um, yeah, you're sort of like, do I really need this done today?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think... It's actually a really, I mean, everyone's working really hard, but it's generally a relatively relaxed environment as well. You know, lots of joking around, even if on quite a serious show where the subject matter is quite challenging or quite dark, because we are human beings and we need to go through fluctuating emotions every day, you can't just hold yourself in one particular state all day. So oh, you'd feel
0: quite miserable if you were trapped in that state and that headspace all day. You do need to lighten the mood and yeah.
1: Totally. And I think everyone on a cast and crew recognises that. So there's a lot of banter, a lot of joking around between scenes as things are getting set up, a lot of chit chat basically. Uh, so I think I, yeah, I didn't quite realise, even though it is a very, of course, professional environment where people are working really hard, there's a lot of uh, room for creating really lovely friendships with people and just a lot of a lot of joking around and having ridiculous conversations. <laughs> oh,
0: that must be so nice, forming that connection with, you know, the staff and crew as well. You've said before that go in the direction of what brings you joy and what makes you happy. Could you tell me a little bit more about why you think this is so important?
1: Yeah, totally. I was really fortunate in that I knew from a ridiculously young age <laughs> what I wanted to do, but... That's just not the case for everyone. I think probably the vast majority of people don't really know what they want to do or they don't feel a specific calling to some career or other. And so those sayings of, yeah, find your bliss, follow your dreams, whilst are really useful can also feel quite scary because what if you don't really have any? (laughs) That was me at
0: 18. I just thought my entire schooling career that I was going to be an investment banker because... I had met a few friends' fathers that were, and they were successful. So in my head, I thought, well, that's where my life must go because I want to be a success. Yeah. Went to uni, studied a business degree, failed accounting twice, <laughs> came home crying to mum and thought, yeah. actually, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. What is my direction? What in, mm-hmm. you know, I was so lucky to have a supportive mother that sat me down and said, what makes you happy? And it was hair and makeup. And that's what got me into that, and it really? was yeah, following again my joy and my passion for something.
1: Yeah, that's oh, that's so cool! What an awesome mum I to know. have.
0: I feel so blessed.
1: Yeah, because I think the words, you know, "What's your passion? What are your dreams?" can feel quite overwhelming uh, because they're such big words with such high stakes. But if we just kind of dial it back a little bit, we all know what makes us happy, even to a small extent in our lives. Whether it's doing hair and makeup, whether it's Going to the dentist, that was <laughs>
0: weirdly the first thing that popped into my head. Whereas, is, that, is that a joy of yours? Yeah, No, it's not. <laughs> I was
1: just thinking of weird things or interesting things people might like doing. But a friend of mine, she just, you know, wanted to be a dental hygienist, which was awesome because yeah, she was amazing. fascinated by teeth. But we all have things that bring us at least a certain amount of happiness or joy. And when you don't know what to do, then a good bit of advice is to do what's in front of you. Do the next logical thing because as long as you take a step forward in some direction, then a path will open up. Yeah, you're
0: progressing in some form. In some
1: form. And it'll either tell you that you're going in the right direction or the wrong direction. So yeah, I just think if people have hobbies, interests that make them even vaguely happy, why not explore that, take a step along that path and then see if it feels like the right thing as opposed to going in a direction that you just feel like you should, but that doesn't bring you joy. Because I just don't know if there's a lot to be gained from doing that, really.
0: I think that's such good advice for so many people out there who may feel a little bit lost and stuck in their current position. I was wondering, do you practice any form of self-care? Do you do anything in particular to make sure that you're looking after yourself?
1: I'd say meditation is the biggest one. And that's, again, the thing that I've felt has had the biggest impact on my life. And I tend to do it more when I am going through quite a challenging time because that's when I remember to do it more. <laughs> and every single time, things are, at a challenging point, I'll do it at least half an hour every day. And it really helps. I just find I, my system feels like it relaxes more. My outlook, my attitude feels more positive. So yeah, that's definitely a number one. And then Fitness, I think, is also important. Yeah, I guess over the years I've done various sort of fitness programs or I've had different approaches to fitness, but uh, I find any time I do something, my mind just feels so much better afterwards, as does my body, but even sort of more importantly, perhaps I just feel happier because the endorphins have been released and it's a, um, a really important practice to keep up along with. Yeah, so meditation and fitness, I'd say.
0: Both great pieces of advice. Yeah. Off topic, but I've got to ask, the house fire, what happened?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. this (laughs) definitely posed some challenges to uh, happiness. (laughs) Uh, So last year, my partner Dan and I bought a house and we moved in in October and then in mid-November... Uh, we had a really serious fire. It was total freak accident. The fire investigation team that came over think that it was a fluorescent light in our garage. No that, way. That wasn't even on, that somehow spontaneously combusted, or short-circuited, spontaneously combusted, and it exploded. So scary. Yeah, it was awful. And because we just moved in, we were storing quite a bit of, you know, just precious memories and things in the garage. Of course. Which just oh. pretty much all went up in smoke. Uh, and, well, here we are in June, and we're not back in our house yet. And probably, You're still not back? Wow. No, and won't be for a few more months. So it's been a real and pretty challenging time. And I was in the depths of morning sickness as well when this happened.
0: Of course. <laughs> I felt so Life just sick. hits you with everything all at once, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. But, you know, it was interesting. Even though subsequently it has been a pretty stressful process and will continue to be, I'm sure, until we're back in, because we were home at the time when it happened, And then we were obviously alerted to it, went outside, fire brigade was called, and I was standing there watching our lovely new house burn. I remember thinking to myself, wow, okay, so in the scheme of life crises, or things we fear in life, your house burning down is really up there, beyond someone close to you getting sick or passing away, perhaps it's the next thing that we fear
0: would happen to us. 100%. Trent and I, my partner, we've just purchased a house, and that is, talking about insurance and things like that, is probably one of the number one scariest Mm -hmm. things you can imagine happening. Everything that you've worked towards and that you own in life
1: disappearing in front of your eyes. That's right. And you never think it'll happen to you, right? No, I I never never thought it would happen to me. But I remember so clearly (laughs) watching my house burn down and thinking, this is okay. We're going to be... Even
0: watching it, you could feel that emotion.
1: Yeah, it was really clear, actually. And I think there's something about when you're in an actual crisis, as opposed to just going through some neurotic (laughs) anxiety of daily life, that you um, sort of really kind of tune down to a deeper part of yourself that is more calm and more able to deal with things, because there was just no room for anything else. And I remember thinking, wow, yep, okay, this is a really awful thing that's just happened, but... The only thing that actually matters is that no one was hurt.
0: Yeah, you've got each other, your yep. health and your safety. You're both, you know, you're yeah, okay.
1: exactly. And that is the only thing that matters. This is, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> However, we're going to be okay. And we are, you know, it has been a pretty challenging time um, and definitely not the way I thought I'd be experiencing my pregnancy. First week. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, not we didn't know for quite a while where we were going to have the baby. And that was a very unsettling because we'd bought this house obviously with plans to
0: envisioning start building, a family. yes
1: yeah that's right and then going wow where are we gonna have it um, but now you know we've organised that and we're in a, a nice place <laughs> so
0: it's all looking up
1: it's all looking up yeah oh, good. yeah definitely it was a huge lesson and you just never know what's gonna happen and anything can happen at any time. And you have two choices. It's to accept it and do the practical steps that are involved in moving forward from that. Or you can rail against it and think, oh, poor me. Why yeah. did this happen to me? And while I definitely have had a few moments of that, I sure. always try to bring myself back to, well, it has happened. So what are we going to do about this? And we're all just as open to anything happening
0: to us as anyone else. No one's infallible. It's so yeah. true. I would love to end... And just to know where is your happy place.
1: Ah, where is my happy place? Um what makes me really happy, and I don't know even know if this is a really if I can describe it as a happy place, but It's I, okay.
0: Any answer. Okay. <laughs> I feel
1: really happy when I feel in flow mm-hmm. with my life. And I guess what that means for me is that I'm I'm moving in the right direction. I'm learning the things that I want to learn and I'm improving in that area as well so um it might be if I'm on set and I feel like I do a scene that I'm really I feel really proud of I'm like okay this is great I'm everything's kind of working in flow or it might be on a personal level if I'm just with friends and family but things are all just seem to be flowing in the right direction yeah I think maybe the short answer is I feel happy when I feel in flow.
0: I can't thank you enough for coming and chatting to me today. You have given such invaluable advice and it's just been an absolute pleasure. You're a joy to talk to. Thank you. It's been lovely to be here. Thank you so much for listening to this Raw Collective podcast. Do not forget to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps others to find the show and literally just takes two seconds. And make sure you head to Raw Collective's Insta page or rawcollective.co for updates on this or any other of their shows.